Well, I hope you know just how fortunate and how blessed you are to be here tonight. The one night during the, the one Monday night during the entire year that we talk about Alpha for the whole service. What a, what a great topic. It really is for us. I'm not being facetious. It's, it's, it's a wonderful topic. Last week, the message was, how much does God love you? And it must have gotten the attention of a lot of people because generally our connect cards are normally about 20, normally about that many. And you can see how many were turned in last week. But not just turned in. Almost every card that's here has wonderful, rich comments on the back. Uh, the thanksgivings that you put, the challenges that you have for the coming year. A lot of information. Some people were brave enough to uh, tell me that they are, they are not among that group that already believe, but they are either considering or uh, they made a profession of faith last week quite a few of those as well so thank you for being honest and filling those out I will say that if you're in that group that circled a B for tonight I believe for the first time or a C for I'm considering or a D for I don't think I'll ever turn over my life to Jesus. If you're one of those in one of those three categories, I would love at some point for you to come and talk to me. Just, I mean, let's, let's have a conversation. It doesn't have to be a formal thing. We can meet somewhere and talk. Um, I'd just like to talk with you further about it, maybe explore it a little more. But there is an excellent way for you to explore it with a group of other people, and that would be the Alpha course that we run here at uh, Renovation Church. Talk last week was, how much does God love you? The verse we looked at was John 3.16, for God so loved the world and you that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Love is such an important concept, not only in our lives, but in the Alpha Course. It can absolutely transform lives. And I want to introduce you to a young girl named Sabrina, a Muslim girl who attended an Alpha Course. My name is Sabrina, and I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I was raised in a Muslim household. And my faith was something that I identified with um, culturally. I couldn't honestly say that I professed Islam as my faith. And they um, they kicked me out of the family. And when I was taking this Alpha course, it was admitting to myself that Christ came and died for my sins meant that there really was no turning back and I, I, I would never have my mom and dad like I was kind of holding on to. 
no one ever taught me the idea that God loved me. And that was actually the reason why I did have to take the course four times, because I would keep asking over and over why people, why people were so sure and why people really believed in this Jesus guy. And it all, always came down to how much God loved them. And I just, I couldn't get over the idea or come to terms with the idea that there is a God out there that would love someone like me. I lost my family in this entire process and I gained a hundred times more than I ever thought I could. The church has become my family and the church has become my home. You see, in many religions, most other religions in the world, as a matter of fact, love is not a concept that is talked about in terms of their supreme being, whoever that supreme being might be. In Muslim, in in Islam, for example, uh, the Muslims do not hear Allah and love in conjunction with one another. Allah is there to judge and punish, not to love. And that's why Sabrina had such a hard time with the concept that God is love and God loved her. She said she had to take course four times before it really sunk in, you know. For some of us, it's that way. You remember that last week, one of the key um, points that I gave you is, is actually this first point on your handout today, tonight. It says, uh, God made you to love you and to live for his purposes. We discussed that God made you... Out of nothing. He made you, formed you. We're miraculous bunch of cells all put together, aren't we? But he didn't just make you to have you walk around on the earth. He made you for a purpose. And he, he also designed that purpose for you. And all of this was done before time even began, before the foundations of the earth. That's that verse that we looked at. Before the foundations of the earth, he had you in mind and chose you as the object of his love. Kind of blows your mind. Love. Love. God wants to do something in your life. That's the purpose thing. And not only does he want to do something in your life, he wants to do something great in your life. And I do believe that even though we're sitting here in this little place in Little River, South Carolina, kind of detached from the reality of the world here, uh, he's got something great for your life. Something that might even change the world. Who knows? The people that you talk to, the people that you share life with, you never know how that is going to impact the people that they talk to and share life with and them in in, uh, turn. So eventually, somebody may hear the good news because of you. Somebody may hear that God loves them because of you. And the whole world would be changed. We just don't know. 
as we sit here tonight. My second clip has to do with a uh, introduction sort of to the Alpha course. We're going to try to discover what Alpha really is. some way where positive ripples can come from my life and my existence. I've done everything right in my life and it still wasn't going right. So what, what happened? I was willing to do anything to get out of my own head and to get some sort of direction. Something was missing in my life and I didn't know what it was. I wanted to get connected with people and I heard about the Alpha course and what it was about. As soon as I saw it, I said, okay, I'll do that because I'm still searching, I'm still looking. I didn't know what to expect. The people that I met there were so very kind and friendly and welcoming. Just as soon as I walked in, I had people greet me, say hi, showed me where the coffee bar was. Immediately, I was okay. While I was on the Alpha course, I just came to this epiphany that I wasn't alone out there. It, it was the first time I'd ever heard faith approach from a logical perspective. And I'd never seen that before. Being in a room with a group of people who are basically looking for the same thing, more out of life. This is the kind of environment I've been looking for. An environment worth shifting my life a little bit. You're much more than just a, a work person. And that, to me now, is what I want to live for. It was absolutely another step in life-changing moments. This is our ninth Alpha course, I believe, here at Renovation Church. Um, it's, it's hard to believe that we've done that many. In our very first Alpha course that we ran, a couple of weeks ago I talked to you about a young girl that showed up. She was the first one that came to the church the first morning that we opened up. She was here an hour early. She'd never been to church before in her life. She was an unwed mother with a young, young child that was about maybe 18 months old at that time. And the, the child only knew how to do one thing, and that was scream at the top of her lungs constantly, constantly. She was in one of these rooms back here, and constantly it was, it was screaming. Another guy that was uh, in, in Alpha here was a Buddhist fellow who worked with Walt down at um, Starbucks, and he was intrigued by the fact that Walt was spending so much time at this place called a church. He didn't understand church. He really had not had any involvement in a church. He said, um, I'm not going to your church, but I would like to go up and help paint or something. I think one of the things he did was there's a little gate on the steps right here. And I, every time I see that gate, I think about Jake putting that gate up for us. Both of them went to the Alpha Course. Both of them came to faith in Jesus Christ. Both of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Both of them were baptized here. Both of them well, obviously, married one another here. They've moved to Charlotte now. They don't live in this area anymore. Their jobs took them away. 
but I always think about them when I think about our Alpha course. And I also think about another girl that was in that first course who was, well, I guess a good way to describe her would be rough around the edges. So rough that in the uh, first evening's uh, small group, F-bombs were dropping just uh, here, there, and yon. And I don't know what she expected, but nobody reacted to it. Nobody reacted. And she told me later on, I can't believe that I said that. And I can't believe that you all loved me even after I said that. She came to faith in Jesus. She was filled with the Holy Spirit. She, too, was married to a fellow that she brought on the Alpha course that um, grew up Catholic, I believe, and hadn't been to church in 20 years. That's the kind of changes that we've seen take place here in this little place in nine Alpha courses. Alpha has a mnemonic, a, uh, an acronym, we would call it here, A-L-P-H-A. And it stands actually for things. The, the first A stands for anyone, anyone. Alpha is for anyone. It's for the person that's never been to church before. You can invite them to come and bring them along on the course and they'll feel very comfortable. It's also for the person that's been in the church virtually all their lives. We've had so many of those go through the course that have said, you know, I, I've been in church, I've been in Sunday school, I've been all this other stuff around church, and I never was able to put all the pieces together so they made sense. And Alpha is the thing that did that for me. One person said it's like a jigsaw puzzle, and you have a piece here and a piece here and a piece here, and you see it coming together until you can see the whole picture. You understand what this Christianity thing is all about. The L is for actually two things, learning because we do learn, we learn in a different way. We don't learn by forcing information on you. We don't learn by, you don't learn by uh, really being taught. You learn by catching what we're doing. But the bigger L is for laughter. We have a blast. We have a lot of fun every week. You get to know a whole group of people that maybe you didn't know before. And I promise you that after the course is over, you kind of feel closer to those people than any of the rest of the folks that you've had an opportunity to meet. The P stands for pasta or paella or potatoes or something. It stands for food, but the F doesn't work with alpha. So uh, the, P is, the P is there. It stands for food. We have a home-cooked meal each week. Is it Okay. Those of you that have been through Alpha? Yeah, it's all right, isn't it? And there's even a dessert, too, that's usually adequate. Um, and uh, each week we have a great meal. You'll, you'll maybe pack on a pound or two uh, during the Alpha course. H is for helping one another. It's not so much about a teacher teaching as it is we help one another to discover the concepts that we're talking about to answer questions that we have. And the last A is just that. We can ask anything, anything that's on your mind. And people do. People, I think the strangest thing I ever was asked was about aliens. 
and how, how hamburgers got into that, I don't know, but aliens eating hamburgers on some other planet. And, you know, they discussed it a little bit in the group and eventually came to the conclusion that we live on Earth, and Earth was created by God for people that were made in his own image. And it doesn't say that he did that anywhere else in the universe, that we're special. He loves us. He made us, he loves us, and he has a purpose for our lives. So what is Alpha, Luke? What is Alpha? I didn't really know too much about what I was getting myself in for, so I just thought, don't go with any expectations and you'll be pleasantly surprised. It was actually through my, my auntie. She mentioned the Alpha course. She didn't really tell me much about what it was about. The first night was really cool. The great thing was that some of them had no faith at all. Some of them had been going to church for years. But I think everyone accepted that there was something to learn from everyone else. So it was a really, really like relaxed atmosphere. Met some really good people from day one, pretty much. And that was the reason I came back for the second week. When I was quite young, well, 15 years old, my dad got diagnosed with cancer. I thought he was gonna get better anyway because, you know, he's a big guy, he was my dad. But there was one day when I, I, I prayed and literally the, the next day, that's when he actually passed away. You know, my faith was non-existent. They made it clear at the beginning that maybe they didn't have all of the answers, but you should definitely ask all of the questions. We were all kind of learning together because of what had happened in the past. Obviously, it was conflicting again. Ten years of me not believing in anything. It felt like a weight was slowly being lifted as I was being given an opportunity to express you know, how I really felt about things. I wouldn't say that I'm like a full-blown gung-ho, I'm going to go out and become a vicar tomorrow Christian, but I've definitely started my journey again. I think, <clears throat> I think the best alpha groups I've ever been in are those in which we never even get around to talking about what the discussion was for, the, the talk was for that night. Somebody in the small group has uh, an issue that happened that week and they bring it up. They share it with the group, and the group discusses that and comes around them, encourages them, prays for them. You know, uh, they feel loved. They feel accepted. And it's a much more powerful meeting than if we had tried to talk about the topic of how can you have faith. We want to uh, discuss those things that are on the people's minds. So ask any question that you have. And I think sometimes it looks like this in our minds. We come to an alpha course and our minds are so full of questions, we don't know where to start. We don't know what to ask. We can't separate one question from the other. And some of the topics that we actually get to talk about are these. Who is Jesus? Why did Jesus die? How can I have faith? How and why should I read the Bible? How and why should I pray? Does God guide us? Who's the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? How can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? How can I resist evil in my life? How and why should I tell other people about this thing 
this good news. Does God still heal people today, or is that just something that happened in the Bible? What about the church? Why is the church important? Why should I be a part of the church? And as we ask those questions, clarity comes. That's what the Alpha Course is really all about. Your big idea for tonight is this, and I got it from a bumper sticker. We had these bumper magnets that we used. Um, Gosh, I guess it was when we first started the church, that's when those magnets came out, and all of us on the the launch team that launched the church uh, had those bumper stickers. We had them on our cars, about 20 of us, I guess, maybe 25, something like that. And the bumper sticker said this, if God did exist, and you could ask him one question, and you knew he had to answer you truthfully, what would you ask? And we had some of the weirdest things as we would drive around through the community. People honking horns and yelling at us and having people pull over. What do you mean if God existed? (laughs) But they were always Christians, bloody Christians who said, uh, who, who think in different terms than we do. I mean, if there's somebody out there that we're really trying to reach that doesn't believe in God. And I say, well, God says this. God says this. Ask God this question. The Bible says such. That means nothing to them. They have no reference point if in their mind there is no God. So we can't have a conversation at all. But if you rephrase the question just a little bit, And say, okay, well, if God did exist, what would you ask him? And all of a sudden, the questions start coming then. And then we have a basis for talking. And once we get into talking, we can reason uh, with one another and perhaps come to an understanding about God's love in their life and what Alpha is all about. Um, Our Alpha courses here at Renovation Church are led by uh, Andy Griggs, this guy over here, uh, who wasn't here yesterday, but he is here tonight. And we we, uh, videoed an interview with Andy so he could talk to those people yesterday. And if after he gets through talking and we we, get through with the service tonight, you would like an autographed uh, eight by ten glossy. I think there may be one or two left back there. So uh, listen to what Andy has to say about Alpha. Hello and welcome. My name is Andy Griggs, and I would like to take just a few minutes tonight to hopefully persuade you to come to the Alpha Celebration Supper this Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Do you catch yourself asking, is there more to life than this? Or do you have questions about the Christian faith or about God that you just don't feel comfortable or have not felt comfortable asking? Or is it possible that you just have not expressed your beliefs because you felt like you have either been judged or you're afraid of being judged? Are you new to the Christian faith? Would you like to grow a little deeper in your faith? Or are you new to the area and would like to really forge some strong relationships? 
Is it possible that you're a Christian, but things have just not been as on fire as you would like them to be? Or maybe you want to get more involved in the church. Well, Alpha is for you. Alpha is for anyone. And I invite you to consider coming to the celebration dinner this Wednesday night. Now, in Alpha, we have six aims, but I want to talk to you specifically about two. One is discussion. In Alpha, it's about you. It's about knowing how you feel and what you think. It's not about us preaching to you. It's not about us teaching you. And it's certainly not about us trying to drive a point home. We want to know what you think and how you feel. And the second aim is about building really strong relationships. One of the things I really find so neat about the small groups is just the relationships that are formed. So you will form some really strong bonds and have some great relationships. You have been given an orange card, and we'd love for you to complete this card and turn it into the baskets up here in the front. And if you have a friend or a family member or a coworker or someone that you would like to bring, please bring them. We would love to have them. And you can also go online at www.renovation-church.com and you can complete the online registration as well. On our information table, there's a brochure that will tell you more about Alpha if you want to get some more information. Again, we look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night. Thank you. I had told the, uh, the launch team as we were planning to plant this church that I wanted this to be an alpha church. And we had one young lady that was real incensed about this being an alpha church. She wanted it to be a Jesus church, not an alpha church. And we explained that it, in fact, is. Alpha means first. It means the opposite of last. That would be omega. It means the beginning Omega would be the end. Jesus was the first and the last. Jesus was the beginning and the end. I think if there's one scripture, one phrase, first of all, if there's one phrase that kind of sums up what the Alpha Course is really about, it's about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The importance of that which we have been talking about actually here for the last several sessions on Monday night. The scripture that I would take you to would be 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Paul says this to the church in Corinth, and I really think to us as well. I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom but on, the, on God's power. Two things that, Jesus, that uh, uh, Paul was saying there was that Jesus came 
and he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God. That's what he preached. That's what he taught. That's what he proclaimed. And then he went about demonstrating the Spirit's power. What can the Spirit of God do? What can the Holy Spirit do in one's life? Well, virtually everything that we're able to accomplish in our lives, the purpose that God has prepared in advance for us is not carried out in our own power. We couldn't do it. It's through the Spirit's power that we're able to do the things that He's called us to do. It's through the Spirit's power that we pray sometimes and there's healing. It's through the Spirit's power that relationships are restored. It's through the Spirit's power that we are actually able to accept God's love and to pour out God's love on on other people. So proclamation and demonstration are the two tenets of Jesus' ministry. They happen to be the two most important things in the Alpha Course as well, proclaiming and demonstrating. The course that begins Wednesday night is for adults. That would include some of you here. Uh, The course also uh, that we run at um, Renovation is Youth Alpha. And I think the youth, Youth Alpha course has run three times so far, maybe. And they plan to run it again. I'm not sure that they even know when the date is, but I believe it will be after we're in, in the new building, so you can listen for that. We have plans to take the Alpha course outside of Renovation Church. And one of the, one of the first places we want to go is to assisted living centers, people in nursing homes. Uh, they, need, they need to hear about God's love. They need to understand that they, even at that stage of life, have a purpose. There's a meaning to their life. They're valuable. They matter to God. He loves them. And Alpha in Prisons is a tremendous course. I believe, uh, I believe Andy and I just uh, went to London to the, to the church where Alpha started a couple of months ago. And, and uh, I believe 86% of the prisons in the United Kingdom are running Alpha. I think it's 86%. It's a large percentage. And I think they would run it in all the others if they had enough trained people to do it. It's a matter of, of getting people trained up. They've seen tremendous changes in the, in the prisoners and in the inmates' lives. Not just uh, biding their time to get out and go uh, into crime again, but absolutely transformed lives. The anger's gone, replaced by love, encouraging one another, praying with one another. Uh, fascinating, absolutely fascinating changes. And I know this little clip is a little longer than the others, but I want to share this with you. This is Daryl Tunningly, who was, well, a convicted criminal that spent some time in prison and Tell us a went 
to an ALF course. Go ahead. A little bit about, um, tell us about, were you sort of brought up as a church-going Christian or anything like that? No, no, no. I was about as far removed from church as you can possibly get. Wasn't quite the Antichrist, but wasn't quite <laughs> far away from that, yeah. Just say a little bit about what did your life involve growing up? I grew up, um, I'm obviously not a southerner, as you can tell by the PTK's twang to my voice. Um, I'm from the north. Um, I, I grew up just outside Leeds. And um, I grew up in a, in a rough area, a rough estate, Warwick Estate. It was a kind of estate, the police don't go on it after dark, buses don't run onto it after dark. If you drive through it slower than 30 mile an hour, you'll lose your wheels. And the, um, the, I just kind of fell into, it wasn't a conscious choice, I just fell into crime at a really early age sort of 10, 11, using drugs, drinking, smoking, and getting into crime. And bizarrely, it started with a, a bit of a hobby, stealing car badges from expensive mm -hmm. cars. And so there's lots of expensive mm -hmm. cars around here. I've seen quite a few. <laughs> oh, uh... So and I think you moved up, and eventually you did a fairly serious crime. Yeah, as my drug use grew, and I became a well-known drug dealer, and I was sat and selling heroin and cocaine, and I sort of moved up the ladder and we were turning over quite a lot of money, thousands of pounds a week. Um, There's three of us, I'm the only one left alive. One, one of my friends, I held him while he died of overdose, and the other one shot and killed while I was in prison. And um, when I was asked that, somebody came, another associate came to me and said, do you want to get involved in an armed robbery? And I just, you know, why not? Why not? <laughs> As you do. As you do. <laughs> and um, what happened? Um, I was the driver. Um, so I went and I stole a car, crossed the border into South Yorkshire, um, stole the car and brought it back into West Yorkshire because there was at least a seven-day period before South Yorkshire police would tell West Yorkshire police <laughs> that the car had been stolen so you could drive round quite happily without being pulled over. So you did the robbery? And... We did the robbery. We thought we'd got away with it and um, the first I knew that we hadn't got away with it was when the arm response and the dogs and the black maroyers were kicking my door down. So, yeah, it's, uh, it caught up with me in the and end. And how long were you sent to prison for? Uh, five and a half years. I did just shot and four. And when you got into prison, how, how did you respond to that? Oh, uh, once I was in there and I knew I was going to be there for a while, I thought, Daryl, if you're going to be bad, you're going to be the best kind of bad you can possibly be. And I consigned myself to being as violent as I could possibly be, continuing to sell drugs while I was inside, and uh, bringing them into the prison through visits in various different ways. And I got into lots of fights, lots of violence, assaulting prison officers, spent a lot of time in segregation on 24-hour lockdown, and moved around a lot. And someone came and asked you a question. Say about Thursday. I was in a welding shop in HMP Walls, a Category A prison near Hull. And there was a guy coming round with a clipboard, another inmate with a clipboard. Uh, he wasn't someone I'd speak to, he was a Muppet. He wasn't... Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought he was signing people, it was like an education program or something, and he came up to me and he said, would you like to go on an Alpha course? I said, well, what's an Alpha course? He said, oh, it's in the chapel. And as soon as he said chapel, I thought, oh, great, Bible basher. And I said, look, get out of my face before I slap you. And he was under no illusion that I would have slapped him, and he did the best impression of Speedy Gonzales I've ever seen. He just shot off. And, uh, but God bless him and his courage, because he came back the following day with his clipboard... And he came up to me, and I was about to dish him out the slap I'd promised him the day before, when he blurted out really quickly, you get Wednesday afternoon out of Bangup, you get free coffee, and you get free biscuits. <gasps> I said, I'll see you on Wednesday, sunshine. And I think you took one or two people with you. 
I did. I went around the workshop and I rounded up all my mates from the workshop and said, come on, lads, we're going on Alpha. Mm. It, was my, uh, it was my first evangelistic act <laughs> and my outreach event all <laughs> rolled into one. And what happened to you on Alpha? When I arrived there, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting what I found. There was a chaplain from the prison and the other two people running the course, it was two retired nuns. How old have you got to be to be a retired nun? It was less age concern and more mummy returns. It was... And what was it that got you about those two women? These two ladies, oh, we just, we laid into them. We gave them a hard time. The usual stuff, God doesn't exist. Even if he did, what's he ever done for me? What do you know about life? You've been in a nunnery for 50 years. What can you tell me about living? But these two ladies, they just came back at us and never got angry, not once, and they came back at us with love and compassion over and over again. These two girls were, they were just love bombs, and they just, they just kept on loving, kept on coming with the compassion, and that's a pretty big sledgehammer to get hit with, especially, I thought I would never feel anything other than anger and hate ever again. I didn't think I had the capacity to love or feel love ever again in my life. I was dead on the inside, so when they hit me with that love sledgehammer, it hit me hard. Eventually you prayed a prayer. What was the prayer that you prayed? Got to the end of the course and I sat in my cell and I tried the sinner's prayer that you get on the pamphlets. It didn't work for me. And I just said, God, if you're real, I had a few swear words in it, but I'll, I'll edit them out. God, if you're real, prove it. Take away my drug addiction. Take away my violent nature. Take away all this anger and bitterness that are just ripping me apart inside. And if you do that for me, I will live the rest of my life for you. And when I said it, I meant it. The only thing you've got in prison really is your word. And I really didn't mean it. If I said to someone, I'm going to break your jaw, I would. <laughs> so when I said to God, do this for me and I'll do that for you, I meant it with every fiber of my being. And what happened? Uh, nothing. I went <laughs> to bed. And... <laughs> But the following morning, I don't know what I was expecting, no booming voice, shaking cell door, none, nothing. Um, but when I woke up the next morning, there was a series of really freaky events within the first hour of getting out of bed. First thing, I'd usually roll over and grab a cigarette and smoke it in bed. I was always gagging for a fag first thing in the morning. And as soon as I touched the cigarette, I felt violently sick. I felt like I was going to projectile vomit across the cell. Couldn't stand the thought of it, touch, smell, nothing. I freaked out. I threw it out of my cell window. I had to get it out of my cell. Then the thought of the tobacco I had popped into my head and the sickness came back. I grabbed the tobacco and threw that out of the cell window too. And then usually after smoking the cigarette, I'd smoke a spliff. But as soon as that thought popped into my head, I became even more sick. And I grabbed my cannabis and I threw that out of the window too. So whoever was on yard cleaning duty that morning <laughs> must have thought it was Christmas come early. <laughs> and then I think you went to a shave. What happened there? Yeah. I was freaking out. I said, Daryl, calm yourself down, sunshine. Just go, get a wash, get a shave. I went to the sink, started getting a wash and shave, and I looked in the mirror, and I did not recognize the guy in the mirror. The, the smile and the beaming and the glowing. And then I noticed I wasn't just looking happy. I was feeling happy, not just happy, euphorically happy. It was as if someone had unscrewed the top of my head and just poured freezing cold water in, and everything had gone. The anger had gone. The addiction had gone. Couldn't explain how, but all that ball of anger that was eating me had been replaced with this huge ball of joy, and I was just feeling a high, million times higher than any combination of any drug I'd ever had. Yeah. 
how did your, your friends, your mates there, react to what had happened to you? Standing up within that prison setting and saying I was renouncing violence and I was giving my life to Jesus and I was going to walk away from the life I had, it was a big gamble for me because it opened me up to attack. Um, people would use that as an opportunity to get themselves up the pecking order. So slashing, stabbing, scolding, it was all a possibility. And a couple of days later, I was on the exercise yard and a lad got right in my face and he, he wouldn't have dared have attempted this a few days before, but he saw the opportunity and he got right in my face. My blood started to boil. My hands started to shake. I could visualize in my head. I wanted to grab his ears and put his nose into the back of his head. I could see what I wanted to do. And then this voice came into my head and it just said, you're not that man anymore. And as soon as I heard it, I knew what I had to do. I had to turn around and I had to walk away. And as soon as I turned, I started to walk. And every step I got further away from him, the calmer I became until I was completely and utterly at peace. And I heard the voice again, you're not that man anymore. It, it helped that one of the other lads jumped in and said, listen, he might have changed, but I haven't, so shut your mouth. <laughs> and you started running Alpha. We, we've heard, a, you know, we heard um, Paul Carley telling us that, that Alpha's now running in 80% of the prisons in this mm -hmm. country, and we hear it running in all these prisons. But what's it actually like? Because you actually ran it in the prison. We did. Um, with the help of the chaplaincy team, we were the inmates running the course. And this was really in the early days of Alpha. So all we had was, was Nicky on a VHS tape and, and, and books. And, and back in those days, Nicky had much darker hair. And, and it, was, it was a long time ago. And we, we just ran it because we knew it worked. And it, it was a tool just to tell people about Jesus, give them the opportunity to ask questions and get answers. And these guys were hungry. They were itching to find a way out of the lifestyle they found themselves in. And for them to be given an open door to say, look, this is your opportunity for a fresh start, they were snapping it up. And we were running alphas back to back. Hundreds of people coming to church on a Sunday. It was revival in the prison. The prison had to open up two drug, turn two of the wings into drug-free units because so many people were choosing to live Christ's way with a drug-free lifestyle. So, amazing, amazing. When you came out of prison, a pastor who was also a magistrate approached you and asked you to come and work with him. He um, did. Um, Mark Finch, who's, who's uh, my senior pastor, he, um, and also a magistrate, as you say, he took the, uh, this opportunity to go and work for the church in Runcorn, Hope Corner Community Church. The only advice I had from the scousers in the prison was, don't go there, mate, it's the toilet. Mm -hmm. That was it. Mm -hmm. That was my advice. But I could not shake it. I went to Runcorn. Mark took me, picked me up from the prison case. We went straight into starting the new schools. It was a new church plant, and it's just grown and expanded and exploded. And he introduced you to his family? He did. I met his wife, Karen, who made me the best beef lasagna I'd had for years. I had been in prison, but mm -hmm. it, was, it was still pretty good. And that was the first time I met his eldest child, who is his daughter, Rebecca, who is now the mother of my two children and my beautiful wife. So, thank you. so um, just say what you're doing now. What is your, what's your passion? What's your vision? Um, we work really closely. We have a great project working with young people who are they're basically on the dumping ground. They're permanently excluded from education. They're in the youth justice system. Ed permanently excluded from special educational needs schools. These are kids no one else wants. We take them. We love them. We educate them. We build their self-esteem. Many of them come to know Christ, get involved in the youth work that we do. 
And it's grown to such a degree now where we, we're building a whole new centre from the ground up. We've almost got it finished. We're almost there. The whole of the second floor is going to be the first church-run independent special educational needs school in the borough of Halton. So we're breaking some great new ground, and God's really opening some amazing doors for us. Uh, a question I always ask people is, what difference has Jesus made? <laughs> I, I don't say this lightly. I really do mean it. He's more important to me than the air I'm breathing. Without him, I wouldn't be here. I've been shot at. I've been stabbed. I should be dead. I've overdosed. I don't know how many times. I should not be here. And yet here I stand. And if you stand still long enough, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And... I would encourage each and every one of you with this new season of Alpha starting, if you haven't been on Alpha, if you're sitting there with doubts and questions, you're just not sure whether you should or you shouldn't, what have you got to lose? Choosing Jesus is a win-win situation. You cannot lose. There is nothing to lose. It's not like choosing a mortgage provider. You don't need to weigh up the best deal. This is the deal. Give it a go. I'd encourage you, give it a go. So, lives are transformed. There is, here's my orange card. You got one of these. We'd love to see your smiling face on Wednesday night right here for the beginning of the Alpha course. Um, How much does God love you? He loves you enough to send his son to die for you, to pay the penalty for everything that you've ever done wrong and to purchase a place for you in heaven. That's how much he loves you. He tried to demonstrate that to his his disciples at that Passover meal on Thursday night before his death on Friday. They were having the Passover meal, and he took a loaf of bread, and he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is broken for you. This is how much... I love you. After the meal, he took the cup and poured wine into the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood that's poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. All of it, for all of your sins. He said, as often as you eat this bread and you drink this wine, You remember my death until I come. What did he really mean by that, until I come? He he had told his disciples earlier he didn't know when that time was coming. He didn't know when the judgment would take place. He didn't know when he would come back again. But he had told them all along that when he came the first time, when he was born, he ushered in the kingdom of God. And when he comes again, the kingdom of God will be fulfilled. There will be perfection. It's over here that there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more death. Perfection. But we don't live there. We live somewhere here in this in-between period where there's imperfection. 
and there's disease, there's cancer, and there's heart attacks, and there's relationships that are broken. There's death. There's addiction. There's all kinds of things going on. Every once in a while, God in His mercy and with His grace will allow us to see a glimpse of that perfection. Every once in a while, we can pray for healing for someone and miraculously, they're healed. We've seen miraculous healings on the Alpha Courses. Not just once, but many, many times we've seen healings take place. Not every time we pray for somebody are they healed, but we live in this kind of imperfect world right now. But, oh, he's so gracious to allow us to, to encourage us with those healings that take place. And we know what it's going to be like over there.